0: Attention to roll call. Welcome to the 265 Police Live Series, brought to you by the New York's finest retired and unfiltered podcast. The mission of this podcast is to provide expert analysis of past and present law enforcement related events with a trained eye. Listen to the boots on the ground weigh in on the court of public opinion. all right everybody good morning eric dim here former lieutenant most complained cop with my co-host and partner john mccary former lieutenant nypd what's up everybody hey what's up eric how we doing today How's outstanding eric? awesome I'm, well i'm pretty excited what we're going to talk about today so we want to talk about something that may be offensive to people but it, it needs to be said so john and i uh we're talking offline and And we see the flaws and the pitfalls with the NYPD and just policing in general general throughout the entire country because we've lost this image which should be the representative icon figure for what a police officer should look like and should be symbolic of. So, I'm just going to give it to you. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about masculinity because we're losing that trait. That trait that's necessary within the police departments throughout the country. It's necessary in this profession. And we're Talking about the traits of masculinity. John, let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I you know, I, I put a I put a statement out there. Make I put two statements out there. Make the NYPD masculine again. <laughs> right? uh, I I it's funny because I put it out and I was expecting a little little blowback from the from the, the women officers out there who follow me on social media. who more of them actually follow me than the guys because they're less afraid of the job than, than the guys are. Or whatever reason that is, um, so I got a, a ton of likes from it, you know, make the NYPD masculine again, and I also put which is the title of this podcast is Law Enforcement is a Masculine Profession. And, and you know, I spoke to Eric about it offline, and I said, Hey, listen, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I think that the NYPD is now no longer a masculine agency, I think that they're feminine, and 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 the reason and I said, and that's not to knock on women officers. It's not a knock at all, but I do believe that I, you know, I, I, interacted with, uh, with three sheriffs down here in Florida, all women. And you could tell that they were, they were clean cut. Their uniforms were sharp. They were all in shape. They all worked out and they all stood in a masculine stance. They all exuded masculine attribute, And I was like, and they, and by doing that, they exhibited strength, authority, um, and they control the room. They know what's going on around them, and you know. And I do believe that we're losing that currently.
0: I'm glad that we, we we had the opportunity to talk about this because John, you and I talk about this offline all the time, and I've been saying this for the past couple of years. I am pretty confident that the politicians, our legislative bodies. And the media, the the intent and the propaganda that's pushed is to neuter police departments throughout the entire country and then eventually it will unravel, it will crumble and they're obviously going to come up with their real solution which I think is ultimately a federal police force. So I agree with you. So what I want the public to understand is we're not differentiating between men and women. That's not what we're saying here. What we're saying because there are masculine traits... And there are feminine traits, and I and what John and I are saying, they're synony- synonymous together, and they're interchangeable. So a man, uh, I'm sorry, a man can exhibit masculine traits and feminine traits. and same thing for a woman, and we do, we actually do. John and I are both fathers, so we are nurturing to our kids. That's a considered a feminine trait, but what's considered a masculine trait is to be strong to control your emotions, to have authority. Those are three key things that we need to be effective police officers throughout the country, especially in high-crime neighborhoods where we have to show a presence. And so that's what we talk about when we talk about masculinity. Some of the traits of femininity are nurturing, sympathetic, sincerity. Those are extremely important. And as a man, we should have those traits in certain situations. Absolutely. If we're there supporting a family through death, we have to exhibit those traits. But when we're out there and we're trying to deter crime, we need those masculine traits. And I will say this. I have worked with some of the best women in my entire career. I worked with a female sergeant for a long time. She's a phenomenal cop, great leader. But to do her job, she had to exhibit masculine traits that doesn't mean she was uh, not a feminine woman outside work, but at work, she had to be authoritative, strong, and exhibit those, uh, those characteristics and traits. We need to bring that back to
2: policing again.
1: Yeah, And by masculine, you know, in, in my mind, by masculine, when I say that, I mean the overriding threat that violence exists. Should you step out of the boundaries of normal society should you step out of the boundaries of acceptable behavior? Should you approach a police officer or a woman or an old lady or a child? Should you act in an aggressive manner and you start to get the, you know, what we see on tape so much today with these kids mounting off to cops, doing stuff to old ladies, acting wild. You feel the whole anxiety go through everyone in that video. You could watch anxiety go, including in the cops, right? And why are these kids so brazen? Because they don't feel the threat of violence anymore. Eric, what's the what's the first form, what's the first form of force on the force continuum? Well, what used to be anyway, before we, we gave rainbows. What was the first one?
0: You and I talk about this offline all the time. And absolutely, it's, it's a show of violence, which is necessary, and that is your mere presence. Your appearance is the first step in the continuum. It's the first step in the deterrent, the de-escalation of violence. Why? Because it, it is a violent act in a stream of potential violence. It is. Presence alone. And I use this analogy. I talk about this. And I do have my argument on this. So in some of the states throughout the country, some are concealed carry. and some, you have, you, you have the opportunity. You can actually wear a firearm exposed. In places like Texas, Arizona, you can expose that three different points. Now, I'm actually, I'm, a, I'm an advocate for, for gun possession. I do believe that we have the Second Amendment right. But I do think that if you are off duty and you're not working in a police type uh, law enforcement bodyguard, that your gun should be concealed. Why? And I use this comparison. is I believe that if you have your gun out, that is a show of violence, the presence alone. So that's what we need in policing. Show of violence because violence has to be violence is a good presence, and so I like to go back to this w- real quick. I've been saying this for years, John. You heard me say it so many times. I'm a confer- uh, I am a believer, and I've seen it. This is anecdotal from my experience that if you show any signs of alpha male or alpha male uh, alpha female. And Think about what I'm saying. Alpha male or alpha female, which means you're exhibiting masculine traits, authoritative, strong, things of those natures. You will not get the job in the NYPD. I can't speak for other police departments right now, but we do see the recruiting standards, have been loose standards to push this diversity. But I will say this. If you are a white male or white female and you exhibit Alpha traits, maximum traits, you are not getting the job in law enforcement, particularly in democratic cities and especially the NYPD. So I, I will say this I had many uh, sergeants in different ranks throughout the job, even cops start talking As We started to see towards the end of my career the new recruits, the new police officers come in. And we didn't see that fire in their, that fire in their belly. And I had so, sometimes I had some cops in different ranks tell me, wow, look, they're just hiring anybody. And I said, no, absolutely not. And I've talked to other people about this who don't agree with me, but some do. But if you actually take a look, think about what I'm saying here. They hire a specific type, meek, timid, and docile. Those are feminine traits, and sometimes they are necessary to be docile. But we should not be meek and timid. And and I will say this. Those traits that are exhibited, I believe that it's... They're hiring people with these traits by design so that they're not engaging people in potential force issues and not meeting violence with violence because our legislative bodies and politicians and media push this buzzword de-escalation, which they have no idea. Sometimes the de-escalation is getting someone in handcuffs and the immediate use of force, which can alleviate and potentially curb more actions going forward with violence. What do you think about that, John?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have the numbers, but I can tell you right now that I know, I know particularly, I know a lot of college-educated athletes that tried to come on the NYPD that did not pass the psychological evaluation. That, in my opinion, when I speak to them, much better candidates than I was when I got on the job. Um, you know, much clearer heads, much more mature than I was. And I'm like, I I find it funny that they're fi- they're failing the psych um, because the psych could be open to interpretation. I could easily have you pass or fail a psych exam by the questions I ask you, um, and if you're not well coached into taking that psych exam as well. Oh, do you have any weird dreams? Um, what, did my, what did my what did my investigator ask me? She asked me, do I have any weird sexual preferences? Thank goodness she was like a 30 year old pretty female. So I said, well, I just smiled. I said, well. What's weird? And she said, All right, <laughs> next question. You know, <laughs> uh, hey, <laughs> depending on those questions and your answers, right? Do you have any weird dreams? Everybody has weird dreams, right? But you answer that question in a stupid manner. But my, my point is, I could lead you into my line of questioning to question your psychological capabilities. Um, and at the same time, people are failing the psych. I'm hearing that guys are coming on the job that are on Zoloft that are on Adderall, that are on, <laughs> that have mental, actual mental issues, documented medical issues. So we're failing. We're failing kids that are exhibiting masculine traits. Like Eric said, played sports, went to college, played football in college, played football in high school, uh, uh, bigger, bigger male whites. Uh, the only ones that I know specifically that got on this job with tattoos that are in good shape. They have they have family on the job. They have a lineage. You know they came on the job and and uh, there was uh there was something there. They were well coached. They were. I'm sure there were phone calls made. I'm sure there were phone calls made as they went through the process. And you know where we're going away from masculinity on this job and the nypd is currently a feminine version of it of what the law enforcement organization is and that's why you're seeing the rise in crime crime is not trending in the right direction like everybody said crime is trending in the exact opposite wrong direction it is going all and crime is rising in all aspects all crime is rising shootings murders i don't care what it is everything's bad. but the overriding theme is this There's chaos. There's anxiety in New York City. People don't feel safe. Stores are being robbed. People don't feel safe to get on the trains. People are scared to walk their children to school. People are scared for all these reasons because there is a feminine version of the NYPD. And, And let me just further my thought real quick. It's law enforcement is a masculine profession in the same way that education is a feminine profession. And like Eric said, nurturing, are there men that thrive in the education profession and are nurturing and exhibit those qualities? Yes, because in order to succeed in the education field, in the nursing field, you have to exhibit feminine traits. So again, this is not an attack men and women. This is an attack masculinity, femininity. Masculinity is not a bad thing. Masculinity is a very, very good thing the threat of violence must exist in society because, because if you cannot meet violence with violence, you're a victim.
0: I I could agree more. And and I want our women viewers to understand that you and I are probably the biggest advocates for women. This is not um, a dichotomy and this is not a differential between men and women because I, as I said, my first partner on the job was a female, was fantastic. she had 17 years on the job at the time and she really taught me the ropes but at work she had to she had to uh, display that she had the attributes of masculine traits but in a woman's body she performed with aggressive control, which I think is a great attribute that police officers need and she was able to control her emotions. she was strong she had authority she had a sense of presence in a woman's body. So we're not saying it's about men men and, men, and women because, look, next month is Woman's Month. I'm a big advocate. but trying to think of ideas, things we can discuss for that. Um, John and I, um, you know, we're big advocates for women uh, in the policing field That they have accommodations for when you're breastfeeding. I mean, we both have kids, so we're all about that. Uh, I'm a huge advocate when it comes to breast cancer awareness. I know you are. We talk about it all the time. We're in support of that female that has been totally abused by a doctor on this job who is suffering from breast cancer. So this is not about men and women. This is about the traits of masculinity and femininity, which are important. And so I like to go just by the appearance of masculinity. So, John, you and I talk about this. There is a course on this job. I think it's called Implicit Bias, right? That's a stupid course. Anyway, but they talk about, you know, not judging a book by its cover and things like that. And I get it. You should ultimately... The majority of your life, you should not judge people by what they look like. And, and I've said you know, I've been a part of martial arts most of my life, boxing, and jiu-jitsu. And right now, I've been doing a lot of jiu-jitsu. And sometimes you wrestle with people, and they don't have the appearance that you would think that's going to give you that fight, and they do. But, so which means you should not judge someone. You have to take them seriously. But when it comes to policing, I say this is one of the few professions. I'm sure there's others. But I would say policing is at the top, at the forefront when it comes to judging someone is extremely important. Why do I say this? Because the first step in the use of force continuum by using de-escalation, by creating a, a deterrent to have force is appearance. Police officers should be judged by the public and they should have the appearance that this person exhibits strong qualities, that this person can handle themselves, that this person means business. So that comes down to appearance. I know you have some pictures, we need to show them and explain exactly what we're saying. When the public, particularly a person of interest, a potential perpetrator, when they view police officers. They need to someone. They need to see someone, whether it's man or woman, that their uniform looks squared away. Their face should be chiseled. They should be in good shape because that's a good presence. That person says, wow, this is someone because that speaks volume about your body. If you're in shape, that means you're dedicated. You could probably get up early. You actually take pride in your job and the way you eat and you're conscientious of the decisions you make. But if you have an appearance that's sloppy, and you're overweight and there's no chisel to you and you look soft that's how you're going to be viewed by your potential adversaries that you're soft and you cannot handle yourself and you're not ready for the call maybe you are sometimes john you and i talk about this men walk around they go to the beach and i always heard this argument i wasn't a big gym guy and more to martial arts but i heard this argument of well i'd rather look like i could lift 400 pounds than actually lift 400 pounds well that's the same thing for a police officer and sometimes it's more important that they looked the part, then they could actually act the part because that may be a deterrent just enough. So wh- what do we got?
1: Yeah, so I got a 36-second clip, and all it is is just two photos. And so for anybody on the audio version, we're going to be down for 36 mm-hmm. seconds because it's going to play as a video. So, But what I want you to do is look up – I want you to look up the white cop that was involved in the Tyree Nichols incident. So it's going to be his photo. It's a photo of him holding an award. He's sitting there in glasses. He's over shape. He's out. He's out. He's out. He's overweight. He's out of shape. He looks soft, timid, docile. He looks like a mess. He doesn't even fit into his uniform properly. He's not well groomed. His hair is a mess, you know, and this is a guy And let, and let's back up. This is a guy that there were five black officers who beat an individual to death right in front of him. And he knows wrong. He knew there's no cop on this earth that thinks that if you have a perp handcuffed, you could stand them up and start punching them in the face. Maybe he was a right at some point in, he didn't know he was maced, whatever, but there's no cop on earth that thinks that that was okay. And the reason I know he didn't think that was okay is because he wasn't helping them. He helped them right in the initial onset of it. And then he stepped back and watched them beat this guy like five thugs. He didn't exhibit masculine traits. He didn't exhibit leadership. He didn't exhibit all of these qualities. And I do believe if you switch him out with someone that goes to the gym every day, somebody that takes care of himself, somebody that does all this stuff, there would have potentially have been a different outcome. Why? Because he's not afraid of other men. He's not afraid to interject himself into that. Hey, cut that out right now. This is blah, 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 blah. He, the threat of violence must exist to keep us all in line. And that goes from everybody all around. There must be that type of, there must be that type of masculinity. And then on the other end of it, I got a big social media influence. Great member of the NYPD who's been, who should be the poster boy for the NYPD. Good looking guy. The guy looks like an Adonis. He's chiseled. He should be, uh, you know, he looks like he could be a statue. And I'm not saying that everybody's going to look like this guy. This guy is in peak physical condition. But there is a difference. When you call 911 and the shit is hitting the fan, there's 15 guys on the street fighting. I don't know. Maybe someone's there. Maybe somebody's shot. Maybe I don't know what's going on. They're beating the piss out of one guy. I don't know what the hell's going on. You're getting robbed. There's a maniac running around. You tell me <clears throat> who you want to show up when you call 911. You tell me who you want to come there. Because currently what we're seeing in the NYPD is guys like this, like the guy in Memphis will thrive. He'll be a second, first grade detective. He'll be a sergeant with the money. He'll be a lieutenant with the money. He'll be a chief. He'll be an inspector. He'll be waddling around. Whoa, 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 whoa. And guys like, no, are going to be demonized. They're going to be called heads. They're going to be called, now let's say it, they're going to be called white supremacists because they go to the gym every day, right? Now, now white supremacy is white males going to the gym and exuding physical fitness. So I'm going to play the clip right now. You people think about this that are watching it. You people that are on the audio, go to these photos. I want you to go to No Donuts here. His Instagram, or you could even just Google him. He's he's a popular guy. Uh, he's all over. He's been he's been there's been newspaper articles about him. And you tell me when the shit is hitting the fan, who do you want coming to to, to save you? I mean I mean look at this guy. I mean I don't know if they can hear us, but whatever. But look at look at him, dude. I mean, he's he's soft, he's flabby, he
0: he's you know, you could just tell. I don't want to pick on the guy, but even he knows. When that picture comes out, there's a deep dark place inside, he knows it. He's not a representative of what a warrior should look like. That's not a deterrent for crime. Now look at this picture. This is exactly what we should expect to see. And if someone says, well, he's intimidating. Yes, he's supposed to be not intimidating to you, intimidating to someone that may be a potential terrorist, right? Because he's obviously suited up. He's got a long gun, someone who may be uh, a potential perpetrator, someone that says, you know what? I can't rob this lady around the corner because this guy can catch up to me. This guy is vigilant. He's ready to go. You can see it. He's ready to go. And I don't I don't look at something like that because I've had exposure. I don't say he's intimidating. I said, that's what I want to see. His uniform is sharp. That speaks volumes to me. That's not just about his physicality, but his physicality corresponds with his mental mindset. Obviously, he puts his his mind and his body to work. He's dedicated, he's motivated. He probably shows on he probably shows up on time to work, right? He he's mindful of what he's putting in his body, and his presence, and he looks like he's sharp, right? Because there it does correspond. People that are in shape. Have more energy, their energy levels are higher. They're probably less tendency to fall asleep, less tendency to go out sick. I mean, wh- if you were a potential perpetrator, you see this guy at the corner wearing the same long gun and the same helmet as the other police officer, or so- it was a sergeant, right? It was a police officer?
2: No,
0: the, the bottom line is right. You see him. That's a deterrent. That's de-escalation. Since uh, the legislative body, m- media, and the politicians love to use that word. The other police officer is not de-escalation, but in their minds and their agenda is, well, if we get this meek, timid, docile-looking appearance of a man, then he's not going to engage the community. But that's not what this is about. The first sign of presence is appearance. And Absolutely. listen, I'm not pick right. I'm not picking on that bi- that, that that police officer oh, that's. Yeah. Killed- yeah. He, listen, he may very well have no fighting skills at all, but his appearance alone, I don't know, maybe he does, he doesn't, but his appearance alone is inter- deterrent enough to say, you know what, I don't think I want to
1: mess with this guy. You're not going to want to check, check it out. You know what I mean? And, and you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the rank part. Does it matter if that guy had a fucking a three star a, a white shirt, a nice shiny white shirt and three stars on this thing? No, because he looks like a fucking mess. So fucking it doesn't matter. Nobody's gonna be intimidated by his three stars or four stars. Nobody really gives a fuck. It's it's only only in a comstat world does it fucking matter. It doesn't matter in the real world, it doesn't matter when you respond to a job, it doesn't matter when you're walking down the block with your wife. Does none of these things matter? But you take the same guy, you put no donuts here, you put him in a white shirt with four stars. He's an intimidating presence. He's an intimidating, and he should be an intimidating presence. That's what the police are. We're not cake and cuddles like you said all the time, Eric. We're not there to give ice cream out to kids. There is a place for that, and there should be something, but it shouldn't be from police officers who we want to stop violence and insanity and keep order in society. There needs to be order in society, and currently we don't see order in society. I I say this all the time. used to respond to jobs. Used to respond to jobs. I I I responded to jobs where I'll I'll just give you one example. There were there were six kids. They were when I rolled up on the job, there were six kids standing in, in, this, in down this dead end street. Six kids standing insanity. Women are out, neighbors are out crying, it's in a cul-de-sac. Everybody's flipping out, right? There's one kid dead on the floor. He's got no blood pumping because they poked him in his heart with a knife. The heart, there's not even blood. I see that he's dead as a doornail. There's another kid on the floor screaming because he stabbed fucking 15 times all over his body. There's craziness. Me and my partner step out. Now, there are tons of people out. There's six potential perpetrators. There's two victims. There's tons of people around us that could be Come after us. I don't know who the stabber is. I don't know who the perp is. I don't know if they all did it. I don't know if multiple ones did it. I have no fucking idea. But when we stepped out of the car, when we stepped out of the car, a calming presence came over the whole scene. The whole fucking scene. Everybody was intimidated and scared. Why? Because the threat of violence was there. Our adrenaline was peaked up. We were yelling demands at everybody on the street to get down on the floor. Get down on the fucking floor! I didn't even—I didn't even have to pull my gun out in that situation. Everyone listened to our verbal commands just by us, just by us doing that, and we were able to—we were able to—to to bring everyone back to the station house successfully without further violence. Unfortunately, someone lost his life. The other young man that was stabbed ten times survived. Um, the neighbors had a calming presence. Nothing else transpired. Um, and today, I, I believe it would be the exact opposite. The cops would show up, and, and, and they're either potential victims or that scene is a mess. The crime scene's lost, everything's lost. Um, and it would be much harder to tell who actually was the perpetrator.
0: On the scroll bar, can we change this to 265 Police Live? We are the fucking experts. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's true. <laughs> Everything you say is 100% right. That's why appearance is the first form uh, of potential force continuum, the presence alone. The appearance needs to be there that this person is ready for action. That doesn't – and I think sometimes people have this wrong ideology, right? This New York City Council that if the police force has intimidating presence that they're going to start just using force for no reason. But that's not what we're saying. We don't want someone that's out of control. We want someone that has aggressive control. I used to talk to my people about this all the time. There's a fine line. You have to be able to understand that there's aggressive control and then there's out of control, and there's a complete difference. Aggressive control, you have a mission, a purpose. Out of control, you have zero purpose. And that appearance is a deterrent. I really, I want to go back to what you said because I really agree with that. Those five thugs that beat Tyree Nichols, potentially to death. Their actions potentially led to his death. I do believe what you're saying, that if someone was there with a good presence, I'm confident that if you were there, even as a cop, or I was there, they would say, you know what? There's no way that John McCarrie or Eric Dim is going to stand by and watch this, that they're going to have the guts to step in and try to grab us off them. And even if they tried to turn on us, we would be ready and willing to stand for it because we stand for principles. That's what we're talking about, masculinity, those strong traits. Being able to step in, man or woman, you could meet you at work as a woman and have those attributes, those necessary masculine traits. I mean, John, you and I talk about, we saw that one female cop who took down some perpetrator using her jiu-jitsu skills. I saw she had some other martial arts skills. I watched her. She took pride to have strength, aggressive control. Those were masculine traits. And she wasn't a masculine looking woman. She had very feminine features. She, uh, right? She was a very woman-like, but she had masculine traits. She was completely affected. We should want our police officers to have alpha male and alpha female traits. Those are masculine traits: strength, authority. We need that. That really garners respect from the public. That that, that those two pictures are a great comparison. And that that police officer, it, 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 he does not fit. That first presence, which is the appearance, it's extremely important. I mean, you think about this, John. Not only that, we evaluate police officers on that. So if the public understands, every time we do an evaluation on a police officer or sergeant, any rank, there's always one caption. If you remember, they ask about physical fitness, if you take pride, because that's extremely important, and appearance. Why? Because your appearance... Is, is extremely imperative in policing. In this particular field, your appearance could be the difference of someone committing a crime or not, or someone resisting or not. I think it's extremely important. That is the escalation that's a deterrent.
1: I just want to play a clip from Jordan Peterson here.
2: You got to ask yourself what keeps the psychopaths under control in the normal population. And the answer seems to be especially on the male side, is that narcissistic aggressive men get put in their place by non-narcissistic aggressive men. And that usually has to do with something like the threat of physical intervention. You know how it is if you get a bunch of guys together. I can make a joke about you. You know, and I could even make a joke that was uh, that sort of put you down. But I, the joke would have to be funny. You'd have to have the opportunity to reciprocate, and you'd have to believe that I was doing it in good spirit. Because if I just use the opportunity to, you know, stick the knife in, we're not going to get along with each other very long. And we know that, and men know that when they talk to each other. And so part of what keeps dialogue among men civilized is the possibility that it won't be civilized if it goes too sideways. And everybody knows that. But there is isn't.
0: Ah, uh, That's fantastic, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, and there's another part of that where he goes in, like, he basically goes in, and, and I do believe what he's saying is just interactions between males, right? That's what, he's, that's what he's discussing there. But in this crazy, unknown world of all of these insane things with, where the police are there to protect and preserve life, right? And we're there to keep a moral, sane society and, and an overwhelming, calming presence— that threat of violence must exist you know if nobody should be walking into a target abusing a fucking police captain and feeling okay with it. nobody should think that it's okay to talk shit to a police officer nobody in their right mind should think that they should sit there and be able to abuse the cops because what happens when you abuse the cops what happens what happens when what happens to the overriding mindset of everybody on that street that day when you have a bunch of punks punking a cop you fucking pussy you this, you stupid cunt you this, you that blah, 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 blah. all this stuff everybody around is intimidated and scared everybody around is intimidated and scared you know how that doesn't happen? the threat that you're, there's going to be a consequence first off, you're going to put your hands behind your back when I tell you to I'm not just going to beat you we're going to get arrested for some minor thing, whether it's disorderly conduct, you're causing a crowd to form, you're acting violent and tumultuous behavior. I'm going to lock you up for disorderly conduct. And by the way, you're going to spend the weekend in jail too. You're not just going to get out with a ticket four hours later. And and if you don't, and if you don't, you continue to act violent and tumultuous, guess what's going to happen? The police are going to act more violent and tumultuous. And by knowing that, those things will be deterred. That's why stuff like that did not happen when me and Eric were retired. That's why stuff like that did not happen because the cops prior to us did not allow that to happen. They did not allow that to happen to them. They did not. They used the law and used their presence to deter acts like that. So when me and Eric came in, did people fight with us? Yes, but they knew that there was going to be a fight. They willingly accepted, fuck these guys, I'm fucking fighting. Like, but the overwhelming sense in New York City, you could ride the subway. You could go to the Staten Island Mall at 8:30 at night. The Staten Island Mall is not even open at 8:30 at night anymore. You know that they close it at seven now to keep uh, down on crime, to keep down on the smashing grabs because they're worried about protecting people in the parking lot because people are getting jacked in the parking lot, cars uh, are getting robbed in the parking lot. Did not happen. Would not happen if we throw same type of presence out there. We throw this weak presence. Don't worry about it. Your friend, file a complaint on the cop and we'll hammer him for absolutely nothing. Oh, and, and when you punch him in his face, if he punches you too many times or if he does anything, we're gonna we're gonna hold the cop completely accountable and you zero accountable and drop the case on you.
0: This is so true. Uh, I, I've said this in the past. We talk about this. I used to train my my men and women, especially special operations. Your encounters, the majority of them, you have to understand that you're potentially, it's a high propensity that you will meet violence because you're seeking out the most violent perpetrators, and when we seek out perpetrators, they're usually in possession of a legal firearm, they've committed a robbery, potentially several shootings, so they know that they're going to jail. And so what I used to tell men and women is that it's normal primal aggression that people, when they're in potential confrontations, I call it peacocking. You've probably heard that before. We see that amongst kids in school. It's prevalent. And when, and when I say they peacock, is that they when two kids, could be males, could be females, when they get into an argument and a potential fight, they usually get close to each other and they're puffing their chest and they're peacocking. They're trying to present themselves big. They're trying to present themselves strong. That comes down to their appearance. Why? Because in hope they're hoping that it doesn't actually lead to a fight. They're hoping that the other person backs down, and that's what the public doesn't understand. That is part of de-escalation. They're trying to give themselves a better presence, and that's what police officers have to do. They have to peacock as well. They have to show a good presence. They have to show strength. They have to show authority. That may be enough for someone else to back down so that it does not lead to physical violence. I also say this, which is very important. This is why our police officers need to work out, take part in fitness. doesn't necessarily have to be the gym. Run. Weights, yoga, crossfit. You have to be physically fit. In addition to that, you should be doing some type of martial art. Boxing, krav maga, jiu-jitsu, whatever you like, judo. You need to do something. Why? Because working out gives you that physical strength, will give you that appearance that you need to look squared away in your uniform, which is part of de-escalation, which may be a a deterrent. And also, when you're training... You're constantly getting that primal aggression, and you are actually getting hands-on fighting in a trained environment so that when you are met with potential violence, you are relaxed. You're not exhibiting anxiety, you're showing that authority. And this is a masculine trait. It's in the it's in the dictionary. If anyone wants to look it up, you are able to control your emotions. Why? Because you train, you already know. Most of the time, when two men or two women or men and women together, they peacock one another. It's because they're not training, so they have to ask themselves. They have to ask themselves. And men do this every day. And men know I'm right. When two men meet each other, I don't care who you are, even if it's your best friend. Men will always ask themselves, "Can I take him? Can he take me?" That's a normal, that's a normal primal uh, mindset to know, and that's why it's important that you train. Joe Rogan talks about this. You train and you're able to control your emotions because God forbid something leads to a fight. You can decide if that fight happens or not, or you could walk away. But as a police officer, sometimes you cannot walk away because you can get them in cuffs. But you being able to control your emotions will mirror and other people will reflect that. It's very important. Those are masculine traits.
1: Yeah, no, but there's also, I get what you're saying. You, you want a peacock. You want to exhibit masculinity. But there's also the other thing, which, which I say, because you get a lot of guys that will peacock and you get a lot of guys that think these thoughts about themselves without ever knowing what they're fully capable of. And women do this, too. They have this false sense of who they are. Right. And, and I always get it. Like, you know, I am a very confident guy. I, I speak to people very respectfully, but very confidently. If I'm confronted in the street, I speak to same people the same way that I speak to people in my family i don't i don't i don't change my my tone for anybody i will get louder and more aggressive should someone act more louder and aggressive with me but i'm not intimidated i will and i refuse to show it um so i get a lot oh you're you're a tough guy you 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 think you're this i'm like no i don't i don't think anything about myself i know what i'm fully capable of and what i'm not because I've been in, in situations and I've handled myself in situations. And I continue to put myself in those situations through training, through whatever it is. I'm like, and, and I don't believe that I'm the toughest person in the world. I know exactly. I could basically look at guys and know where he could, he could hurt me. Oh, he could get me on my feet. He could take me down. He could, he could probably get me on the ground or, but if I keep it up, I could determine these things as I'm, but overriding overriding thing is this the threat of violence is there because even if I think you could kick my ass I'm fucking back down like I'm not going to back down and and as police officers we're not worried about that one-on-one confrontation because not only are we not going to back down we don't really have to we shouldn't be worried about individually getting our asses kicked because we should be smart enough and smart enough that we're going to not have this one-on-one confrontation we're going to outnumber and we're going to take this person to the ground and they're going to get fucking they're going to get arrested that justice will be brought to them we should have we should use our brains but the but it has to, you cannot be intimidated. You cannot not know what you're capable of. You don't want to end up in a situation with your gun belt on and your uniform on and you're sweating and you're breathing heavy and you don't know what the fuck to do as someone's throwing punches at you. You do not want to be in that situation. That is the worst fucking case scenario. Maybe it's you, maybe your partner's bleeding on the ground. Maybe you only have fucking two minutes. Maybe you'll, you dropped your fucking radio. Maybe you can't get nobody and everyone on the street is fucking cheering for them to fucking kick your ass or kill you or kill your partner. You don't ever want to be in that situation. So, And if you are, you better train every day to never be in that fucking situation. Every fucking day, whatever it is, like I said, running, weight, fucking fighting. I think a combination of everything. Uh, But what will deter those situations is the initial encounter. You know what? Let me not do this right now.
0: I agree. That's that's what I was saying earlier. Uh, is that it's important that you're working out and you're training some type of martial art. And the reason why is because you said it before. You won't have you you know you won't have to ask yourself what you're capable of. You'll know because when you're training, you're in a gym, whether it's boxing or jiu-jitsu or judo, whatever it is. You know what you're capable of, and you've already experienced that. So you don't have to fight to ask yourself because. Sometimes what gets in our way is ego, and that's you said, the self-image, what your self-image actually. Some people have to ask, what can I do? What am I capable of? Uh, because they don't – they don't. that question hasn't been answered because they're training or they're not a very hands-on cop. That's why it's important. To, cops that are very hands-on, they get involved, they're intrusive. They know what they're capable of because they've been there. These are very important things. That's why I say the more you train and the more hands-on you are as a police officer, that's actual training – the uh, the better you are at controlling your emotions. We have to have the, that type of exposure by training in a gym, I'm sorry, in a gym, by being under stress, putting your body through hard work and being pressure tested so that when you're out in the street, you control your emotions. I do believe these are masculine traits. It's so important. Again, I, I'm very confident if we have a young man right now and I've seen it. I'm a former Marine. I've seen young Kids come out of the military, they serve their country, and there's no psych issues. They're strong. They understand the military structure. They've worked already in that environment. They're comfortable with moving around and flexibility. They have all the traits we want from a police force. They have good presence. They understand getting up early. They're on time, but they get psyched off. Why? Because they exhibit masculine traits. They show signs of being an alpha. And the police departments, particularly the NYPD, does not want the attributes of alpha anymore. Why? Because I'm a firm believer, the ideology is that they will engage the public. We need to twist this ideology. That is a fantastic deterrent, right? Mayor Adams talks about his plan by putting 1,200 extra police officers in transit by having a presence and taking Twitter photos. I see these Twitter photos we should see twitter photos of the cop you just showed no donuts you want to show photos that's a presence that's a deterrent but show me some sloppy cops that are out of shape and stand there with their heads buried in their phone is not showing a good present that's not a deterrent that's not a deterrent at all. I, 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 and we know we know this because we did the job
1: uh, yeah and the same thing that we talk about with the same thing we talk about with the uniform appearance with that stupid knit cap with your dirty uniform you look disheveled wrinkled you look like a mess your boots are disgusting you look like an absolute mess and i'm not saying listen every now and then you're going to be stuck at work for
2: two days.
1: you're going to not have gone home there's going to be times when you're not at your best but even even at those times you should look much better than the overriding presence that we're seeing currently out of the uniform, out of the uniform. But, you know, it, it really does and 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 even with with the with the lack of fucking fitness that their job is. And, and and that's another big thing on mental health, man. Cause I always, that I always have to reach back into working out. I always have to reach back into working out. Um, you know, especially when things are going wrong, especially when I'm tired, especially when I'm under a lot of stress and I need to get things off my mind. Maybe my boss is riding me, maybe, I have fucking uh, an IB fucking interview coming up. I have a CCRB interview coming up. I don't know what it's like to have eight sets of charges. I probably would be in the gym a lot more if I had that. But you know, these things—you know, things that you're fighting with your your wife, you're you're fighting with—you know, you have issues with your kids. There's someone sick in your family. Your father's dying. Your mother's dying. You need the last thing you need to do is worry about your appearance. Feel like shit. Look like shit. Think you are shit the only way to get that out is through working out and listen not none of us there's there's very few of us that are going to look like no donuts yet he's a good looking guy the dude's a specimen but what i'm saying is we should all be aspiring we should all be aspiring to be the best versions of ourselves that's what i'm saying we should all be aspiring to do that constantly you know as we get older especially as we get older my whole goal in the police department I had one goal physically in the police department. It was the same dress uniform that I came out of the academy with was the same dress uniform that I was going to leave the, the job when I retired. And I did do that. I mean, I left I, I left two years early, whatever. Um, I still my, when I hit my 20th, I'll take a photo of my dress uniform. I still got it. I guarantee I will still fit to that uniform because I will not let myself go, you know, in the winters. I get a little heavier. I always naturally do. I eat a little more. And then I start to now, I start to slim down. I start to work out. I start to run more. I start to, you know, I start to like try to shape my body back in because I want to be ready for the summer. But more or, more so, you we got to be prepared for life and things are going to happen. We're going to have to take little breaks or whatever. But fitness is, is is crucial. It's crucial.
0: I think fitness is extremely crucial. And these are part of the traits that we talk about that have to be exhibited for police officers to be effective because ultimately they are synonymous. The, the way you appear physically, the way you feel physically also corresponds to the way you feel mentally and the way you appear mentally. And that, that may be a component that we need to uh, explore and I think that's something that should be pushed and driven and I think that would also help the mental health of what's going on in the NYPD particularly in cops uh, attempting to take their lives with, with suicide. There was a great experiment. I don't know if you saw it. I, there's this. Uh, there was this fitness trainer. If anybody wants to look it up, is uh, it's on the web. And he did an experiment. It's called Fit to Fat to Fit. You ever see it? No. So this guy was a trainer. Total specimen. He's a phenomenal shape. He trains people, and a lot of his clients were obese. And so he would find that the, those were obese had low energy levels. Uh, he felt that they were lazy. And their mindset was not in the right place. Um, They didn't have a good image of themselves. So he felt that he was extremely hard on those clients. So he did this experiment. If you look it up, I mean, tall specimen is in great shape. Chiseled guy, has a family, he's got a wife, got kids. So he does the experiment. He stops eating good. He stops working out for six months. It goes from, I think, 180 pounds of muscle chival- uh, chiseled to 265 pounds obese. He eats donuts all day, burgers. And what he found, and this was six months, he becomes extremely obese. His energies, energy levels are terrible. So he's constantly, ad- you know, before he was a tall physical specimen, he had energy, he would run. And he said this actually changed the dynamics of how he was as a father and a husband. Obviously, now his sex life had changed because his his own ego, his own image, his appearance of himself, he didn't feel good about himself because in the mirror, he didn't look the same. So his wife was very understanding. She knew he was going through this, but he didn't feel good about himself. Then he said it also affected him as a father because he, didn't have the, he, has a, he had a, a, a toddler. So he didn't have the energy levels to follow and run after his kid. So he's showing pictures where he's just laying on the couch. He's out of breath. So that's changing his mindset, the way he views himself, the way he views his family, the way he views the world. His blood pressure went through the roof. He was constantly sick. He said he was feeling terrible. He wanted to throw up. And then after the six months, he goes back to working out, eating well, and he gets him back to the himself back to the way he looked when he started and the struggle that he went through. Now he said he's much more compassionate with his clients. But the point is that if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to feel good about yourself. So you're not going to have a good appearance. You're not going to be able to run down the block. You're not going to have the energy to stand on a post for hours on end. And anyone, if you're not a cop or if you haven't been in the military or doing some job where you stand in one spot for hours, it is physically grueling. Am I right, John? That is physically grueling to stand in one spot. 19 20 hours, especially when you're doing the West End Day Parade or the uh the jump parties, you're standing in one spot for 20 hours holding 30 extra pounds. It's physically grueling, you have to mi- have the mindset to keep going. And if you if you're obese, you let your body go, you're not going to be able to succumb to it and survive.
1: I agree, and I got one better for you every one of those details I ever did, my legs were sore, my arms were sore because I worked out all the way up until that point. You know what I mean? So I was already beat up by the time I went on there, but I looked at it as another form of, of, of exercise for me. I, I approached that, those details are the same way. And everybody would be like, when I made boss and I you know, I, I was sergeant pretty early on, everybody's like, no, I'm not sitting in the car. And I'm like, no, I'm not sitting in the fucking car. Like, why am I sitting in the car? If anybody should sit in the car, you guys go sit in the car and whack it up. You know? And anyone that ever did details with me will know that's true. You never see me sitting in the car. I was out there longer than you. I didn't even take a meal. You know what I mean? If we were out there 16 hours that day, I was out there 16 hours, you know, and I approached it that way. That's how I approach details as, a, as, a, as they are physically grueling. I, they are a marathon, you know, you got to be able to be able to stand there and do that. And yet you're not going to feel good. You're not going to react good. And um, there's a quote, there's another quote. Uh, there's another quote and it, they use the word man right but i don't think i think you could replace the word and, and the quote is a harmless man is not a good man a good man is a very dangerous man that has that under voluntary control voluntarily controlled but i'll say the same thing for a woman as well i'm going to say person a harmless person is not a good person uh, a very dangerous person is someone who has that under voluntary control. And I know me and Eric have spoke a lot about violence, right? Violence, violence, using violence. We're talking about the threat of violence. And yes, if it comes down to that, then violence should be deployed. However, however you're a big, strong guy. You're standing or woman. You're standing on the corner. There's a, an emotionally disturbed person who is of zero physical threat to you. Right. Are you who's more likely to engage that person physically or with force options? The person who is not in shape, who's afraid, who's timid, who's scared, who doesn't exhibit this strong presence or the person who exhibits the strong presence that could stand there and laugh and be like, hey, listen, I'm going to get you the ambulance and the blocking and the threats. I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to do that to you. I'm going to kill you. The devil told me to kill you. The devil told me to kill you. Who's going to stand there and be more empathetic and and actually be able to sit there and take that without feeling insecure, without feeling fear, without feeling the need to engage is going to be the person that exhibits that strong presence because they're already going to know this person's of no threat to me physically. As long as they don't do X, Y, Z, and the person, even though they're yelling at you, will know what to do and what not to do. You know what I mean? You know it, it's funny. Um, I had a call one time, Park Hill. One of my one of the first jobs I ever went to. It was freezing cold, one sixty Park Hill, male black, naked.
2: <laughs> I remember those
0: spots.
1: <laughs> Na- male black, naked, running down the block, right? And I'm like, no fucking way! It's like negative two out. Sure enough. <laughs> Sure enough, when I get there, there this guy is. He's butt-ass naked in Timberlands, and he's running back and forth. I'm going to kill everybody. I'm going to kill everything. But me and the, my partner, who I was with that day, both – you know, he was my, – my partner was bigger than me. Um, we step out of the car, and even though he's crazy, and he's he obviously smoked a dust bone, which he tells us later on, that his friends laced him. Um, when he wakes up in the hospital the next day, um, that his friends laced him, he smoked a dust bone, he flipped out, got naked, was running back and forth and, negative two temperatures. Um, when we stepped out of the car and even though he was in, in a crazy mind frame, he looked at both of us and I was like, get on the floor. And he laid down on that freezing cold floor. He never stopped talking. He never stopped talking, but he felt the presence and he went down. And we were able to cuff him. There was no violence. We didn't have to strike him. We didn't have to do anything to him. We cuffed him. We held control of him. We got him an ambulance. We brought him to the ambulance. We got him some clothes. Um, and you know, and and he was so crazed that he didn't even feel that cold concrete. You know, he didn't even feel that cold concrete. He couldn't even feel it because the drugs were rushing so hard in the system. But he was still able to feel that presence, and he was still able to hear the 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 overriding commands because in the back of his head, there was that overriding threat of violence. He was like, Holy shit, these are two big dudes. Like, I don't want these guys are gonna fight, you know, and then walking around. And he laid down on the ground.
0: 100 percent right, because we, we just show these two pictures. So I asked the public this. Just that's why it's important. You say don't judge a book by its cover, but when it comes to policing, we, we must. Appearance is important. Just based on our appearance, a potential adversary or perpetrator, the public talks about de-escalation, deterrent, right? Not using these impact weapons. But well, we looked at those two pitches: no donuts, and this uh, meek, timid, docile appearing officer from Memphis. Who do we think is more likely to deploy their firearm in a violent struggle? Just on appearance, I'm sure just by making the assessment, I'm pretty confident that police officer from Memphis has a higher percentage chance of deploying and actually using his firearm in a stressful situation than the picture we have of no donuts. I'm pretty confident if there's a violent struggle that he is more likely to, to take out his taser as a, a mere presence to turn to a threat than no donuts. Why? Because he has the physical appearance. He will not have to resort to that. His his presence alone may deter it. Who is more likely to deploy pepper spray? Who is more likely to deploy baton? We can see just appearance alone is that police officer from Memphis. So this ideology, if we hire meek, timid, and docile people, they're less engaged in the community. And we're not going to hurt our citizens because we've heard that before, and I don't even know what that means. Somehow doing intrusive police work is hurting citizens. I don't even understand that. It makes no sense. Appearance is important here. We know it. I'm confident. I have to be honest with you. John, if I was a criminal, and I, if if we have anyone that lives that life that actually views us, and they'll agree with it, or if they were criminals and they changed their lives, and if you did, I appreciate that. I would rather, if if I committed a crime, and I wouldn't, but I'd rather no donuts comes and arrest me than the other guy. I'm pretty confident that he's more likely to just put me in handcuffs and no force at all. But I'm pretty confident that with that police officer in Memphis, that maybe if I make a a certain sudden movement, I may create some fear and he may retract his firearm or utilize something else. The anxiety levels will be built up because he's going to be nervous because he has not pressure test himself. He doesn't go to the gym. He doesn't train. He doesn't know what he's capable of. He's going to exhibit those fear, fear emotions, and actually act on those fear emotions. That's why we need those masculine traits, that you have those emotions. Because we all feel fear, That fear. That's the difference between the coward and the hero, but he's able to control those emotions. I'm John. I'm sure you agree right now. Who would you rather to handcuff you? Who would you rather to place you under arrest? God forbid someone made an allegation against you, right? You're innocent until proven guilty, and you have a decision. They say, hey, who would you rather handcuff you? Who would you
1: rather to show up? Very easy. The guy that's squared away. The guy that takes care of himself. The guy that's going to dot his his T's and cross his I's. The guy that's going to tell exactly what happened at that situation. That's going to be able to come in and, and be able to say what happened in that situation, what the information he was given, and process it correctly. When you're coming into that scene and you have all these other things going on in you, your physical appearance, your mental health, all these other things, I don't want you arresting me because the story is going to get misconstrued. Everything's going to get misconstrued. I want the person that has the presence of mind to be there, 100%. And I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to go one step further. We talk a lot about de-escalation. No donuts here. No donuts here. His appearance is a de-escalation. When you look like a fucking sloppy mess and you you look physically out of shape or you look like you don't care or you look docile, timid, you look feminine. I don't care if you're a man or a female. I don't care who you sleep with. You appear feminine in yes. your stance and in your speech. And I don't mean that you could be gay and you could, you could have a, a, a talk differently as a man and less – but I mean, in in your approach, in your stance, how you walk, in your authoritative, in the words you use, in the in in the in the presence you do, that is an escalation. That causes that situation, and that's why you're saying that, Tim. That's why you're saying there's more likely a chance that he's going to use his firearm. There is more likely a chance he's going to use his firearm because it's an escalation. His appearance <clears throat> alone, it doesn't stop there. We missed that part on the force continuum. Oh, presence? Oh, you look like shit. Go right past it. Boom. You know what I mean? Like you said, you step out of the car, mom comes. You step out of the car and it gets crazy? Why? Why? Because we missed the whole presence part. And that's what we're missing in the NYPD. Now it doesn't even matter when you have masculine men showing up in the NYPD because they know they're not going to, there is no threat of violence there. They're, and if there is, they're getting paid going to be on and if they're and if they're a minority if they're a minority or certain ethnic descents or certain immigrant classes because we're, we're labeling out who's an immigrant and who's a minority now doesn't matter the numbers doesn't matter if you actually are a minority or not um when we're labeling those things out that you might you might actually wind up being the good guy anyway so hey i could punch this cop in the face he's gonna be play paint Addicate with me like this because he doesn't want the complaints, he doesn't want all these things, and nothing's happening to me. And everything's gonna happen to that guy. I'm gonna fucking sue him. He's gonna lose his job. He's gonna be shit. So we've created this. We were attempting to make the NYPD this nurturing, this nurturing institution when we are not a nurturing institution. <laughs> We are, we're a masculine institution and we need to get back to that. We're not because, I mean, when you look at our leaders, when you look at who's up on that stage, again, I'll say it, I'll say it again. I only see one competent person sitting on that dais, chief of crime control strategies. I only see one person that I think is, is, is physically, mentally, and, and takes a, a full role in this. Is Jeffrey Madry a great guy? Yes. Did he have a good career? Yes. Did he deserve that position? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I think the most competent person currently in the NYPD is is uh, is is chief of crime chief of crime control strategies, and that's not to knock the chief of patrol, and that's not to knock the chief of transit. I'm just that that is my opinion, the way I see it.
0: You know, I I, I got to tell the story because it's funny, but I, I, that's why I want the public to understand: we're not talking about the difference between a man or a woman. This has nothing to do with sexual preference. You could be gay, like you said. You could be transgender. But you have to you have to uh, uh, exhibit masculine traits. And there is a difference between masculine traits and feminine traits. So I, I want people to understand this. We're not talking about men and women. Because I've worked with some women, and they have an amazing presence. I'll never forget. I was working at PSA 7, and there was this female police officer on the midnight. So if she's watching this, she knows who she is, and everyone knows who she is. And I'm not going to give her name but everybody will know. And she was a fitness uh, she was a, 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 a fitness person very into working out very into take, taking care of herself. She her uniform was always extremely sharp. She had time on the job. She had a great presence. And that was a ter- deterrent alone. She was a good cop but she had a great presence. And I tell you what there were There were perpetrators and persons of interest that were more terrified of her than some of the men just on her own appearance. And I will say this, though. She can hold her own. If she sees this, it was hysterical. One night in housing, some EDP didn't realize. He thought it was just a woman. I, I guess he didn't even have an opportunity to make an assessment, but he tried to attack her. And, man, she whooped his ass. We all watched it on body camera. She whooped his ass, and she's a woman. but And she's very womanly looking. Now, I don't know her sexual preference or not, but I can tell you this. She attributed, she displayed masculine traits. She was in shape. She had authority. She was able to control her emotions. She was a strong presence. She's a good cop. And, she's, and she has a womanly appearance, but with masculine traits, which is needed to be an effective police officer. And, man, she held her own. There's plenty. Uh, I would work with her. Before I'd work with many of the male cops because some of those male cops don't have those 100%. attributes that she has. So if you're watching this, hats off to you. You know who I'm talking about.
1: Hundred <laughs> percent. I'll take a I'll take a strong woman any day over some weak, timid, docile.
0: Why do I gotta do it? My professor said
1: No, no, I don't give a fuck what your professor said. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> fuck My, you. Maybe it was Mike Algazon who told him.
1: <laughs> Sociology professors a jerk off too. You know, go go <laughs> go teach a class, beat it. You know fucking, but, uh, <laughs> Mike, you doing, <laughs> but listen the, the, the bottom line is this and and anyone that disagrees with this you're welcome mm-hmm. to come on reach out to us we'll, we'll we'll further this discussion we'll continue to go into it but before you do that I just want you to do one thing I want you to look up the definition of masculinity and I want you to look up the definition of being feminine and I want you to tell me what you want in that institution and don't tell me you want to make Don't tell me you want to mix because that's a bunch of fucking bullshit. There, you know, there is what overriding goal is to protect and preserve life in the police department. Which police department do you want? You know, Could, could could we take and mix some stuff? Absolutely. Absolutely. But overall, the overwhelming law enforcement is a masculine profession. Make the NYPD masculine again. Eric, do you have anything to add? Because I want to just jump in, and I don't have a lot of time, but we, I think we, these guys deserve a contract update. There's a lot of talk. I got the whole board following me. I know you guys are all watching this, too. I, you know, Everyone's concerned why me and you, two lieutenants, give a shit. Um, do you want to add anything on the masculinity before we go over the contract?
0: I think we drove the point, and I think that our viewers get it. If, if there are people offended by it, I, clearly they're not listening and not understanding what we're saying that's exactly what i have to say all right
1: awesome so contract update right um they just had the february delegates meeting it sounded like and it's funny i did i i've said this to eric offline i said it sounded like lord of the flies it sounded <laughs> like oh give him the conch piggy wants the conch and they roll the fucking the boulder off piggy's head and somebody said it to me yesterday in a chat i'm in and i was like holy shit it wasn't just me with the clapping and the cheering and that for everyone that does not know, there's, there was a delegate meeting and they're talking contract talk. Um, you know, PBA has been without a contract for six years. Eric made a, made a, a prediction two episodes ago. He said that he said that these guys are not going to get brought up to speed. They're six years behind. Uh, they're being sold down the be, they're being sold that they're going to get an eight year deal and a new chart. Eric made the prediction two episodes ago. He said, they're going to get they're only getting a two-year deal 100 percent. i went out further i said they're going to get a two-year deal and they're not getting a new chart because that's the topic of conversation that's what's flurrying through the rumor mill that they're going to get 12-hour tours and they're going to change the chart, so they're going to come in for less appearances um and i'm saying that's not happening either i don't believe it uh me and eric both formulated our opinion Based upon the information that was given us from members of the PBA, right? They said, what do you think about what he's saying here? What do you think about what he's saying here? And if you look at if you look at month to month to month to month, the contradictions are blaringly staring you in the face. And it keeps going back to, well, then we'll just take a two-year deal and then the chart's off the table. Right. You know, so what, what, what do you think about what you heard at that meeting? What do you think about it overall, like everything?
0: Well, first of all, if anyone had an opportunity to listen to this video that uh, pretty sure went viral throughout the job, we've all received it by text. First of all, it's extremely unprofessional. It sounds like a bunch of hooligans at the meeting. And then it was planned and orchestrated that the entire meeting was directed towards one person where it was just an all-out assault and attack on one guy because he's running for a position within the union and it's just, it's just like, it sounds like a total angry mob. It is run like the mafia, and they will do anything at any cost to keep someone from penetrating that union. No outsiders. I mean, it was a complete attack. It sounded like a bunch of hooligans, the way they attacked them, and they made, you asked me, a pretty uh, severe allegation that this person potentially uh, stole money from the union. And the allegation is this, right, that they had uh, four checks that they withdrew, and uh, so I think one of the checks actually withdrew twice, which I, I never even heard of. I didn't even know that could happen. Yeah, so the, I, I just, yeah, the just
2: allegation is he
1: cashed the check twice. He cashed the right. check Which, who the fuck ever cashed the check twice and got away with it? It's the stupidest fucking allegation.
2: I and never I mean, heard of it either.
1: And by the way, that has actually happened to me where I thought that I I thought my mobile deposit didn't go through and I was at the bank and they're like, no, it went through. That's actually happened to me where I did mobile deposit and it's happened to numerous people I know. So they brought up an allegation. Pat Lynch brings up an allegation from fucking September. They wait till February. They wait till February to actually add a meeting after the kid announces he's running. Complete bully tactic they bully the mic, they bully everyone there, and they have their little cronies clapping in a setup, complete setup. Anybody that's coming back and selling you that that was, that that was acceptable because I got, I got one further for you, you got the PBA president making an allegation against one of his members. A frivolous allegation, by the way, it's slander. And if he thought, and if he thought that there was something, if there was an integrity issue, why the fuck wasn't it dealt with in September? Cause then I question his integrity. Cause then it's only, it's only, it's only a problem if you run against me then. Then that's what, that's what that message is to me. That it's only a fucking problem. Integrity only matters as long as you don't run against me. If you don't run against me, you could be a low moral character. But the minute you decide to come against me now, cause he said it blatant as day. Oh, well you wanted to run for fucking treasurer, right? You wanted to run for treasurer. So, in anybody, any delegate, I swear, any delegate, fucking unseat them. 75% of the vote, get it. Get 75% of the vote in your command, say, I'm running against my delegate. Cut them off at the legs. Cut them off at the legs, run against your delegates. That is absolutely, absolutely wrong. I'm, I'm sorry, Eric. Go, because I'm sorry.
0: No, no, no. I think we should talk about this. The... So, John, you've been trolled. On the internet by uh, what we believe to be some uh, PBA union members. They're not putting out their real names, but their new accounts. Oh, they
1: I have some of the board members in real name and in their...
0: Okay, presence. you do. But yeah. well, you've been trolled by these guys. Some of them creating fake accounts. They, you know, they, they're brand new, only a couple of views. We know that. Uh, but they have no argument. And they, the only argument they have is slander and, and try to make fun of grammar, like stupid things. It's because they have no argument. They know that they've been caught with their pants down. Uh, these guys clearly don't care about their members. All they talk about is contracts. They never talk about issues and how to represent their members. And we're just going around this rabbit hole. And here we are, we're going to settle for a two-year deal. And we're gonna be back in the hole for almost five years without a contract. By the time that gets uh even addressed, you'll be over six years in the hole. And you're losing this compounded interest. They're hurting you. So, but the question's been uh posed to us, particularly you, John, is why do why do you guys care? You you Your former lieutenants, why don't you talk about your unions? Why? Because we care about our cops. That's why we're doing this. John and I aren't making any money off this. We're doing this because we actually care. We're here to send a message. We're we're the catalyst for change. We care about the cops because it starts with the cops, and it will trickle on its way up as far as how we're being treated. But it starts with the cops. That's the majority of the the job. 80% of the job are police officers, and it's very important. We do care. So I, I don't even, the fact that they're saying, why do you care? Just shows that their lack of argument, that they don't care themselves. They should say to themselves, wow, these two lieutenants are retired and they're actually probing, trying to find out how we got to this point, what's going on with the contract. Hey, these are guys that we should possibly talk to and say, hey, obviously you're trying to help our members. How else can you help? We're not here asking for money and we're not asking for anything. But what we're saying is we, we're here to help the members. Uh, and I don't, uh, frankly, I, I, John, I know you feel the same way. I don't want anything from the PBA. What I want from the PBA is to help these cops and start being honest. And term limits are extremely important. I'm not saying, I'm not, we're not saying that Pat Lynch did everything wrong, but what I can tell you is this over time, you have to get new blood in there. It has to be term limits. I put out a tweet and I mean this Pat Lynch has been, he's been a, uh, the union president, for over twenty years, since nineteen ninety nine, he cannot relate to the modern day cop. He never had an expandable baton, business cards, a body camera. He didn't have a taser. He can't relate to you. So that's why it's important that we have term limits.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think. I, listen, I don't know. Is it Pat Lynch? Is it Corey Grable? I don't know. But Grable's the only guy running against him. You know, I don't know. And I'm not saying just just vote for Grable because he's different. I'm not saying that either. I'm all I'm fucking saying is look what's going on. And why? Why? Because I've been the biggest voice out there. And now Eric joined me. We've been the biggest voice in actual issues. We're not just dilly dallying over the same bullshit and saying the same things that everybody else is saying. We've been the biggest advocates for police. We're not against the PBA. We're not against the PBA board. But guess what? We're going to fucking call bullshit. You should be fucking. And you know what? No, I don't need money from the fucking PBA. But they should be supporting this podcast. They should be supporting the messages that's going out. But instead, they're trying to attack. Attack character. Attack fucking rank. Oh, different ranks. What are we saying that's wrong? What are we saying that's wrong? If, if, if you think we're a bunch of loons and, and two idiots be completely easy to pick anything that we set apart we just gave another example today it should be completely easy for you guys to come on here and pick us apart i mean you're obviously worried about what the messaging that's going out right because for years me and eric and all of us have been treated like mushrooms we've been fed shit and kept in the dark and you know what me and eric did we fucking pulled back the curtain and we let the light shine in and, and we're calling it out. We're calling it as we see it. I'm fucking 42 years old. I bought a lot of fucking cars in my life. I made a lot of deals for leases. I could read through bullshit like nobody's business. And when I'm reading these statements and when people are sending me info and asking me my opinion. And by the way, I just got on social media last year. That was always the case for me. I always got hundreds of texts. I always got hundreds of emails. Everybody always came to me for an opinion because i'm just i i people respect my opinion i don't know why it is what it is cuz i say the things that i think whether it you're going to like it or you're not going to like it i'll tell you what it is and that's and that's basically now that we're doing it on social media they don't have an argument it's fucking slander right oh i'm gonna slander you know and and again it, the, the it just keeps going in that we're in opposition the fucking sba blocks me the woke sba blocks me on social media and then they unblocked me because so many people attacked them. You know, it's a fucking joke. It really. I'm, sh- I'm shocked that PVA didn't block me too. Yeah. I, was a of of I was a member of both of those organizations. I've, I've, I've advocated for their members more than they fucking did, and that's and that's during COVID. And that's a fucking fact. And the same thing as Eric's done for CCRB. He advocated for the members more than they fucking did, and they're commanding high salaries. Don't tell me why I give a shit. This is a podcast. This is New York's finest retired and unfiltered podcast. We're going to fucking talk about whatever we want, whatever we want, and that's it. You're not going to bully us. You're not going to put us in a fucking room. You're not going to put us in a room and bully us and control the mic and have your little fucking weak, docile, timid fucking followers that'll that'll fucking you'll follow them right down to fucking, oh, yeah, we didn't get a contract for six years, but I love Patty's hair. And Patty has the best voice. Yeah, you're not doing that. I don't give a fuck. You know, I, I like that. You're not doing that to us. And, and and I got news for you. If you come on here, we're not doing that to you. We're going to give you basic questions. You could frame basic questions at us and we'll answer them. And We'll sit down like gentlemen and we'll talk because that's the real lion's den. This is the real lions, then, in the thought of ideas, where you have to stand up and hold your thought, and and actually formulate your thought and speak about it and talk about it instead of being bullied, because that's a bunch of bullshit. What you guys did—that's
0: why I want to make it known, and I'm saying it here. We don't want anything from the PBA. I don't want money. I don't want anything. I don't want to thank you. I don't want. I don't want any of that. What I do want is that the members are taken care of. I I want the members to be properly treated because they're entrusting you. That's why they still believe in you. Even with all these lies and all these faults, they still believe in you. Because they're 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 hopeful. They want they want their career to go somewhere, but they're losing this compound interest. It's hurting the pensions, it's hurting their careers, it's hurting their life to come in retirement. So that's what we're here for. Uh, right now, we're not endorsing any candidate, but we are creating a platform where they're going to have an opportunity to either debate or just ask questions so that we can understand what their platform is and how they're going to help their members. And what the members have to understand, contracts are important, but that is not the all, set all, be all. It has to be, they have to represent you when it comes to the disciplinary matrix. They have to represent you when it comes to CCRB. They have to represent the job and the mandates. They have to represent your career in all these facets, not just a contract. And if you talk to the delegates in these precincts, the only thing they're aware of is contract talk. They can't tell you about the discipline matrix. They can't tell you about CCRB because they don't know. So you should ask yourself, and John's right. Take the time, read about the discipline matrix, read about civilian complaint review board, read when it had its inception, read when it started, how it became a a whole civilian entity, how much power they have, the authority, how many attorneys they have, how many investigators. Understand what's going on, what's at stake for your cops, understand what's going on with these TRIs. Get involved, get 75% of those votes. And for my members out there, ask yourself, where are these dudes going? The PBA is getting almost $2 million a month that goes in interest that's making money. Ask yourself, where are these dues going to? Because I'll tell you this, whether you pay your dues or not, you are still entitled to medical, dental. That doesn't matter if you pay your dues, okay? When you pay your dues, that you're entitled to representation. So you have to ask yourself, am I getting properly represented For the amount of dues that we pay as a whole. Ask yourself how much money they're getting a month. How much they're getting a year. How much is actually getting dispensed? And if you're paying dues and you're not getting anything out of it. Stop paying your dues. Stop paying your dues. Then you know what? Maybe hire your own attorney if you're in a pickle. Because you need to care about yourself. And where the trajectory of your career is. So ask yourself where these dues are going. If you do not pay your dues. You still get medical. And you still get dental. If that's one of your fears. It's important that you know that.
1: No, well said, man. I just, I, you know, again, you know, we've been getting these, these tapes. People ask us, people send us breakdowns of it, retired guys, new guys, guys that are in it, fucking delegates, trustees, you know, everybody talks to us, bro. So it's not, it's, you know, and we're not here again. I'm not against anybody and I'm not for anybody. I'm for the truth. I'm for the, we're for the people that are out there serving, we're here the same way that we go after Eric Adams and the policies. The same way we go after the legislation in, in uh in City Council, the shit that's going on in CCRB. I mean, we're not we're not here to hurt anybody. We're not here to do anything to anybody. I don't I don't get enjoyment thinking about it, but it bothers me watching guys, particularly guys like me and Eric, that have very few time left that still stayed in the rank of police officer. It bothers me to think about the contracts because i think about all the stuff that got taken away for the new guys which made this job significantly worse which lowered the quality of people that came in and i think about how much bigger my friend's pensions would have been should we have took no brainer fucking deal six years ago when we were already in a financial crisis and bill de blasio didn't want anything and i said before if i was the mayor i wouldn't have offered anything but he offered it i would have jumped on it was a no brainer deal i don't want nothing deal see you later take it, it was no brainer it was a no brainer deal i mean and here we are you're not getting a better deal you're not getting a better deal you're not breaking the pattern you can never break the pattern you can only set the pattern bob lynn reiterated by pat lynch um you can never break the pattern. You can only set the pattern. We didn't set the pattern. The pattern was set. The pattern was accepted. The other unions jumped ahead of you. I get it that you were mad about it. I get it that maybe you were trying to get more and you thought you could have. But here we are. Here we are six fucking years later. It's completely unacceptable. Take the fucking pattern and move on.
0: John, you- I got a question for you. I'm going I'm gonna- to. I'm going to say this before I go ahead, and I'm curious for what you say. Because if I was going to run for PBA president-elect, if I was a candidate right now, I have to—I I would say right now my platform would not be contracts, and I'll tell you why. We've already set the tone that we're going to be without a contract for almost five years after this two-year deal is done, and we're not going to break the pattern. We know that. History, ref- all right? What happened in history predicts the future. I can tell you right now, I'm confident that they're not going to break the pattern that uh, with the with the SBA, with the LBA, with the other unions the teach you. We're not going to break that pattern. So if I was a, a president right now, PBA president-elect, if I was running, my platform would be, listen, these contracts, the tone has already been set. We know what the pattern, what ultimately we could get. We will fight for uh, not having givebacks and not selling the unborn. And if we sell the unborn, they sell out the retired. There is a dynamo effect. And I do believe, I agree with you, if we sell out the unborn, we get uh, a less of a quality of a police officer, which ultimately affects morale. All this stuff is tied in together. So anybody thinks that selling out the unborn is okay? No. It all ties in together. But what I can tell you is this: if my platform would be, okay, the contract is out of our hands. So what I'm going to do for you, I'm going to be the catalyst to fight this disciplinary matrix because right now there are many things that termination is on the table. I'm going to fight for you right now and be the catalyst when it comes to CCRB and I'm going to fight for you to actually get a good working chart and we will ha- help, for you, help you in mental health and I'm going to file Article 78 for every police officer's rights that have been violated when it comes to medical and religious exemptions in regards to this vaccine mandate. That would be my platform. What would be yours?
1: I'm taking the fucking pattern. We fucked up. I'm taking the pattern. You're not beating the pattern. The money's already been allotted by the city for that contract. It's a fucking joke. I'm not giving any givebacks. I'm not taking givebacks. Fuck your zero. I'll take a zero over a giveback. I'll take fucking zeros going forward. I want to keep us on par. I want to keep our contracts up to date. So, it, yes, I don't care if I got a zero. That that Those zeros that you got, that they got way back, it wasn't Pat Lynch's contract. He's never got a better contract than that. It was 12%. No givebacks. That was a better contract than anything we've gotten in the last 20 years. So fucking contracts are dead issue for me. I'm going to try to keep us on par. And that's why our, our disparity is so high with Port Authority, because we used to be on par with them. Right. Nobody talks about that part. You know, I don't have time. I'm a fucking busy guy or else I would I would show a chart of everything. I would do a chart of Port Authority's pay scale 25 years ago, Port Authority, Suffolk, Nassau. And then I would I would bring it up. I would bring it up every five years so you could see the you could see the disparity and how much the disparity's grown since this administration's been in. I'm not sitting here gonna knock on it, but that's what we need to do going forward. Past is the past. It was a mistake, it was a fuck up. Learn from it, get better, do better. Fucking so that would be the first thing. Second thing is I'm getting all the terminated guys reinstated, back pay. I'm getting all the guys whose rights were violated, who had religious exemptions. I am going to fucking get them lawyers. Fuck the Article 78s We're way past that. But we are going to we're still going to fucking file the Seventy-Eights because I want those religious exemptions removed. And we're going to do it. Anyone that had to do it on their own, we're going to pick up the tab for you. Anybody that had to retire, I don't care if you passed the years, we're going to sue. The city was the city acted improperly. We're going to take our 70 million dollars and we're going to help our benefit. We're going to help the men and women that help us get that 70 million dollars. That's that's number two. Number three, we're going to push back at this insane legislation. We're going to start to offer legislation, reverse legislation, to dumb down the disciplinary matrix, to get away, to show each and every time our members are getting persecuted by CCRB, there is going to be legal action. and We're going to file legal action with the city until CCRB fucking backs off, until the fucking, until the the department advocate backs off, until the the judge and and the the deputy commissioner at trial backs off. We're going to push back. We're not going to be the city where we're just going to pay out. We're going to lay down and say, oh, what are you going to do, Mo? What are you going to do, Mo? Because not, you know what? Because you know what the difference the is? You all live in Long Island. You make $250,000 a year, and you don't give a fuck about New York City, and you don't give a fuck about the nypd and you don't give a fuck about the men and women that you're supposed to represent that's what the appearance is that's why everybody's pissed at you that's why nobody gives a fuck and all of you little fucking bitches cheerleading for this shit you you're all half men too you need to get masculine yourselves because it's a fucking joke those claps i heard that fucking whole setup the whole fucking thing the brooklyn south trustee that was a bunch of fucking bullshit. That whole thing, I can't even believe that anyone went along with it. There should have been someone to step in. There should have been a man to step in and say, this is fucking wrong. Give him the fucking mic and let him speak instead of cutting the mic and and, and the other guy thinking acting like he's Bobby Kennedy on the microphone. Oh, who you surround yourself with? Who do you surround yourself with? Who do you surround yourself
0: with? Yeah, exactly.
1: And and, and one question: two top two guys, summon scandal. One retires and comes back, VP, right? He was the auxiliary coordinator in the 9-4. Yeah, the auxiliary coordinator in the 9-4 retires, and he retires and comes back after the summon scandal. Nothing happened to him, even though lieutenants were fired, cops were demonized, people had to run, lose their careers. And the top dog, the top dog of it all, never gets geo would officially. Never gets GO'd officially and nothing ever happens to him. I find it very, very hard to believe. So who do you surround yourself with? Who do you surround yourself with? And oh, and and let's not forget, they actually did have a guy stealing checks, other people's checks, not his own. <laughs> not trying to cash a check twice. That's never been done.
0: You know what? I think that me was disgusting. The rest of them sound like a bunch of cowards for not speaking up. We talk about and we should be police officers 24 7. Well, that's on duty, off duty, or even at a union meeting. Now, one police officer stepped in and said, This is ridiculous. This is it an attack on one person? If you have a discussion, have a professional meeting with him behind closed doors. But to do this in open forum and then everyone else is clapping, encouraging them, you know, it's disgusting. It was like watching. You ever seen that movie years ago? It was in the 80s. It was called The Accused. No. Do you remember that movie? Well, it stars uh, uh, Kelly McGillis and uh, what's the other? Uh, Jody Foster? I think her name is, and she she gets raped in a bar, and then a group of men gang rape her and attack her, and not one other man steps in to help her, right? She gets her clothes ripped off, uh, and they rape her. Uh, and they hold her down to a pinball machine, Keep but on. the rest the rest of the bar gangs up on her, and everyone else is just clapping, and no one stepped in to help her. That's cowardice. And they cheer them on and they were enabling because they wanted to, uh, you know, to bond with their buddies to look good in front of them. Bunch of cowards. That's exactly what they did in that movie. That's what they did then. They were cheering them on and encouraging them while they were attacking one person. Cowards. Uh, all right. They, they, they didn't show any signs of, of masculinity. Right. That was completely disgusting and despicable what I saw.
1: Absolutely. And I, and I got one better for you. If Corey Grable has no platform and and you're not worried about him, why wouldn't you let him speak? I would let the guy fuck, let him get up there and speak sure. him himself. Give him the fucking rope and let him hang himself. Right. If you're, if you're, but no, they didn't do that. They just want to abuse mock intimidate, complete bullying tactic, completely wrong. Never do that. We're never going to do that on the show. You know, and uh, and that's it. You know, we made offers to both of them to come on here to debate. We'll moderate. I don't have a. I don't have a, a a dog in the race. Neither does Eric. We don't give a fuck. We're not getting no money from this shit. All we're doing is talking shit about the shit that we're all talking about, and we're talking about it, and we're giving our opinion, and obviously our opinion is very on point and very over-target, or we wouldn't be getting the slander that we're getting. We wouldn't be getting the nonsense, the stupid questioning, the stupid lines that are coming in, acting like little girls. Come on here. Tell us where we were wrong. Tell us how, why we're thinking wrong. Tell the men and women what they need to know. They're, everybody's listening, man. Everybody's listening. New York media is all over this. Everybody's all over this podcast. Uh, and they should be, because this is, this is where the truth lies. Like I said, this is the real lion's den. This is the respectful lion's den because anybody can come on here and we're not going to slander, cut your mic, do any of that. We'll let you express your thought. Let everybody else express their thought.
0: Absolutely. And if the PBA wants to talk to us and have a gentleman's conversation, an open conversation to talk about the betterment of the members, I'm open to it. I'm open to it anytime. But you will never silence us. We cannot be paid off. We cannot be bought. We're not playing the politics. We are here to seek the truth. I refuse to be silenced at this point in my life, and so does John. I will never let anyone silence me again. The NYPD had us silenced for many years. Now we refuse to do that. I will not placate to anybody. You want open conversation? We are here to help. If you do something good and you show representative of the members, we will call it out. John and I have been very expressive and adamant about the weaknesses and the mistakes of many executives. But when Chief Madri spoke out at a meeting and he actually was in defense uh, of, of his people, we gave him kudos and we put out tweets about it and we complimented that he took an active leadership role in that particular position by showing support and having a spine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, and, and, and just on the vaccine mandate, uh, I think we spoke on it already on a, on a prior episode, but, the city's offer for you to reapply is unacceptable. Shouldn't be reapply. Should be reinstated. You should be given the offer to return once you're made whole. So that that is an unacceptable thing. You shouldn't have to waive any rights to back pay because you should have back pay. You shouldn't have to waive your civil service rights at any point. Um, and I do believe I do believe that very few will even get back if you go to reapply. It's a trap. It's another layer to pr- to protect them and insulate them against against. Uh, against further lawsuits and all they're trying to do now is layer themselves legally so and the pbas the sba the lba their response is is not acceptable it's again another point for non lack of representation zero representation it's another point that will be brought up at a later date It will be brought up at a later date because there was zero representation here. This is not a personal issue when the city of New York is threatening your employment status over something that makes zero sense over something that the mayor and his health commissioner cannot articulate at all, whatsoever, and they keep just feeding you the line from three years ago, from 2020, pretending that this stops the spread and stops transmission when it doesn't. So their whole basis of argument was never there. And even if they did have a basis of argument, even if that fact was wrong, doesn't matter. It doesn't exclude the law. They, they had an obligation to follow the law. You swear an oath. You swear an oath to the law. You swear an oath before God, before you take any of these jobs, mayor, commissioner, police officer. But like I said, all of us swore it, but only some of us meant it. Obviously, me and Eric meant it, and a lot of you motherfuckers
0: didn't. That's what it is. Well said, because when you take an oath, you're saying that you're willing to serve others. You put others before you put yourselves. And when it comes to this weak leadership, and particularly these politicians that you mentioned, they're putting themselves before others, self-serving. That is not obliged by that oath. And I believe that that oath that you take, it just doesn't stop in retirement. Like you said, you take that oath forever. I always, and I know you are the same way, John, we take an oath that we're always ready to protect the serve. We have to help our community. We're ready at any any moment's notice. If I see a woman walking with heavy groceries, kids, kid, she needs help, I always offer. Always open the door. That's the way we should be. Put others before you put yourselves. If the world was living like that, we would be a lot better off. Stop putting yourselves first.
1: Yep, yep. And you don't need to craft yourself either or take a picture and put it on social media. I helped an old lady cross the street today. Oh, There was some punk bothering little kids And I fucking yelled at him Or some jerk off was acting up Getting crazy Thinking he's causing chaos for no reason Because he's a drunk idiot And I told him to shut the fuck up No, I'm not getting any kudos for that I don't give a fuck I don't want any kudos for that It is what it is This is who we are This is who we should be Like I always said The things that I I did in, in police work I would do if I wasn't a fucking cop That's how you should police Police the way you expect the police to be you represent your members the way you expect you to be represented, right? But there shouldn't be two tiers of representation. Oh, my kid gets different representation than the than the kid I don't know, than Eric Dim and John McCary who don't have any fucking family on this job, who don't know anybody on this job, whose daddy's not the PBA president, whose daddy isn't the chief of department. They should have the same shit. But that's okay. That's why me and Eric Dim made our careers. That's why you don't attack us. That's why you can only attack. You can only attack stupid posts Stupid shit And call us idiots And vaccine wackos And all this other shit That you want to call about us Because, But you can't sit down And have an open discussion Because you know who the experts are That's one.
0: We are the fucking experts <laughs> <laughs> Out brother Thank you people
1: Guys thanks for tuning in
0: we'll, uh, we'll
1: definitely do it again soon We got a good one coming up for you Stay tuned You're going to like it Uh, I promise you that.
0: Yep, be masculine again.
1: (laughs) Make the NYPD masculine again, baby.